Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun tonight. Somebody went to outer space. And he went to outer space in a rocket ship that looks like something inappropriate. We will address that as as only we can. Joe Biden, Tom Brady cracking jokes in the White House today. Let's set that aside for a moment because something else just came out. And this is something we are going to have to take a little bit of time on, more time than I normally do. The Federal Bureau of Investigation. Remember that whole assassination plot? And to Governor Whitmer of Michigan, you probably don't remember it. They busted a bunch of guys who were allegedly planning to kidnap her and assassinate her. All those guys look like they're FBI agents now. Or informants, I should say now. This is going to get real dark tonight on the Jesse Kelly Show. But first and foremost, and look, if I sound excited about it, it's because it's my birthday. And you know I'm not going to bring it up on the show. I would never do that. But it's my birthday today. I woke up. I had uh, the wife made bacon and biscuits and homemade whipped cream and berry sauce on it. Hung out with my boys this today. Uh, my, my sons hung out with my sons today. It's, it's Honestly, it's a great day. Yeah. I mean, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is absolutely plotting to arrest every member on the right. But that's another story entirely. We're going to get into that in a few. First and foremost, I got an email. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to lead the show with the email. The guy actually didn't even tell me I could give out his name, so I can't give out his name. Remember, I never give out the name unless unless I'm specifically told by you I can. But attached to this email, he included something that I thought you should really, really pay attention to. How... How often have you heard me use the words communist or communism in reference to the modern, well, just modern Democrats probably being a little too too, uh, specific because it's all the modern Democrats. It's the American media. It's the American entertainment system. It's without question the American education system. It's everyone. How often have you heard me use that word? I mean, it's what I'm known for. I am the anti-communist. It's what these people are. Let's rewind a little bit. Let's rewind back to 1963. Hold on, hold on. Don't don't change the channel and get bored on me. Hang on. When I call these people communists, I want you to understand a couple things. One, I've read more than I ever cared to read on communists, on the communism and communists of the Soviet Union and Cambodia and, and Vietnam and China and things like that. So I see the similarities. They're all laid out in front of me. That's one. Two, this can be very, very, very hard to understand because you sound like tinfoil on your head guy. But how many times have we played clips of Yuri Bezmenov? Chris, go ahead and get some Yuri Bezmenov clips for tonight. Yuri Bezmenov was a former KGB agent. He defected to America, really defected to Canada. But there's an amazing YouTube clip of him out there. It's about an hour and a half long, I believe, if I remember right. I know that's a long time. That's That sounds like a homework assignment. You really want to understand what's happening? Go read it. Where I'm going with this is this. The Soviets, during the Cold War, post-World War II, there's a wrong way Americans think about us versus them, America versus the Soviet Union, freedom versus communism. 
We like to look at it as this. I, I, I looked at it this way for most of my life. Whoa, man. The big angry bear, the Soviet Union, they were basically on equal footing with us for a while. Whew, that could have gone either way. They really, really thought they could take us down. And, they, and you know what? They considered it a couple times. It's a complete lie. You see, when you actually read about the Soviet Union and you read the perspective from the generals and the political leaders, then Khrushchev, Khrushchev's son, all these guys, what you find out is this. The Soviet Union, they were plenty aware they were not going to be able to come close to hanging with America economically. Here's what's wild about communists. Communists understand their religion makes people poorer. And they also understand capitalism makes people richer. They get that. It's not like you haven't convinced them yet. They know. The Soviet Union knew they would not be able to hang with the United States of America militarily. They would not be able to hang with us uh, economically. Not a chance. They, They thought we were being too aggressive. Isn't that crazy? You like to think of the crazy, aggressive Soviet. They thought to themselves, these Americans are nuts. They're putting nukes everywhere. What is their problem? It's why Khrushchev lied about how many nukes they had when he said they were building them like sausages. They didn't. They didn't have many nukes. He said, I had to lie. I was scared to death. So they chose a different tactic. They knew they weren't going to win the Cold War. They understood it very, very well. The Soviets were extremely focused on exporting communism to the United States of America. If you've, I, I, people ask me for books to read all the time. You want to learn about the Soviets and how incredible they were at spying and manipulating things? Go read a book, The Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield. It was another former KGB guy, deep, 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 deep in. And he talks about the things they did, the things they did to other countries. What the Soviet Union did because they knew they couldn't hang economically or militarily. They decided they were going to infect and infest America's institutions on purpose and turn them into communist institutions or, in the very least, weaken them so they wouldn't be able to oppose the communists who would rise in America. You think I'm crazy? Hang on. We'll see how crazy you think I am when I read this to you. This was entered in to the congressional record 58 Years ago, January 10th, 1963, is when this was entered into the congressional record. And I'm going to skip over a lot of this just in the interest of time because we do have to get to this FBI plot. But pay attention. Get ready for your jaw to drop. Again, this is not yesterday. This isn't from my show. 1963, the current communist goals. You know what they were? Extension of long-term loans to Russian to Russia and Soviet satellites. FYI, your current president Joe Biden stopped oil production on all American lands and fully funded Soviet oil production. Promote the UN as the only hope for mankind. If its charter is rewritten, demand it be set up as a one-world government with its own independent armed forces. Resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. Again, these are the communist goals 
for America. How much resistance have you seen to parents speaking out against critical race theory? They're freaking out. All the teachers are freaking out nationwide. Why do you think that is? We even have weenies on our side saying, you know, we we really shouldn't ban it. Let's not ban it. That's not freedom. They should be allowed to teach your kids to be America-hating communists. That's called freedom. Oh, I'll keep going. Capture one or both parties of the United States. How do you think they did so far? Oh, I'm not done. There, there, there's more. How do you think they've done so far? Any of this sounding familiar? Again, this is 58 years ago. 58. Oh, it gets better. Use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. None of this is sounding familiar, is it? You don't think the communists succeeded with any of this, did they? Are you starting to understand why I call them communists now? Are you starting to get what happened here? Oh, we're not done. And then we'll unpack what happened here. But first, inflation is not going away. The Fed chairman, the president, everybody under the sun, they're telling you inflation's not going away. And remember, that's just a fancy way of saying your money is getting worth less and less by the day. You know what had value? Oh, I don't know. Since the dawn of man, it had value a thousand years ago, 500 years ago. It had value yesterday, today, and it'll have value 500 years from now. Gold and silver. Go get real gold and silver you can hold in your hand from Oxford Gold Group. Oxford Gold Group is the one I trust for this. Look, their reputation precedes them. I heard how great Oxford Gold Group was before I ever got involved. They will put real gold and silver, real financial security in your hands, not subject to the whims of inflation. 833-995-GOLD. Call Oxford Gold Group today. Tell them Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Not a lot of people, uh, you know, think that we could have won. And, um... In fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I understand that. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. <laughs> that was Tom Brady today with the Tampa Bay Bucks at the White House. Yo, we're going to get back. To, oh, you know what? We'll get back to the election in a minute. I have, I have a confession I have to make before we get back to all these current communist stories and the FBI with the plot to, to kidnap a governor and all the other craziness. I have a confession to make. You know, I'm a bad person. Half the country doesn't think Joe Biden won the election. At least. At least half the country. I mean, when you're talking 75% of the Republicans, 40% of independents, and 20% of Democrats, uh, maybe my math is a little fuzzy. That's a lot. that's That's a high percentage of the country. We've already talked about what my thoughts on it, but I have another thought. Much, much, much less mature. Not right. You shouldn't think like this. Kids. Don't think like this. I remember how the Democrats conducted themselves for four years under Donald Trump. You remember Russian agent colluded with Russia. 
illegitimate president going to cause World War III. I remember the four years of two times impeached, of the Kavanaugh stuff. I remember the special investigations. I remember all of it. I love that half the country doesn't think Joe Biden's elected. Just out of spite. Spite. The spite inside of me says, I love it. I love that he's going to be saddled with that the rest of his life. The Democrats will be saddled with that the rest of their lives. The knowledge that half of America doesn't think they're there legitimately. Nobody deserves it more. All right, we got Carol Roth, don't forget, coming up a little more than an hour from now. Who's Carol Roth? Well, she's a listener favorite for a reason. She is former investment banker, author. She has this new book out now. It's really, really good. And somebody who dumbs down finance talk for us always. I will be totally frank. What Carol Ross says on the radio show, I will take and then act like it's my thoughts for the next week or so, sounding super smart. <laughs> See, kids? There's nothing you can accomplish. There's nothing you can't accomplish as long as you're willing to steal other people's work and pass it off as your own. What have I been telling you? My lack of a moral compass? It's the whole reason I'm here. Let's get back to our list. Again, this isn't my words. This isn't some modern day uh, conservative writer trying to sell books. This was 1963. This was entered into the congressional records January 10th. 1963. These were the communist goals for America. I've already gone through a few. I'm not going through them again. I do want to go back to this one one, once real quick. Use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. That's not happening here at all, right? The whole civil rights thing, it's not rotting out every American institution, is it? Yeah, I know. Oh, moving on. At least this next one's not happening. Thank goodness they missed the boat on this one. Get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of the teachers' associations. Put the party line in the textbooks. Did you think Yuri Bezmenov was joking when he told you this? Demoralization, it takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. Why do you call them communists, Jesse? They told you what they were going to do. They told you what they were going to do. They told you their goals. Their defectors told you their goals. People have written books about their goals. They told you what they were going to do. We knew what they were going to do. They came over here and did it. And now... What they want, what the American Democratic Party and the media and Hollywood, all of them want, what they want is for you to desperately not speak that truth. Well, no, they're not communists. Stop, stop using dehumanizing language. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I remember being called a Nazi white supremacist for the last four years. You'll have to excuse this Nazi if he uses language that dehumanizes you. Moving on. You know what the next item on the agenda was? 
infiltrate the press, get copy of book review assignments, editorial writing, policy making positions. Do you know what possession do you or do you know what percentage of the federal government voted Democrat? You know what percentage of the federal government votes Democrat? Over 95%. Do you know who writes the laws you hate? Every one of those bills that come out. The stimulus bills, all of them. No, no matter what they are. Budget bills, no matter what it is. Do you know who writes them? The staff. Do you think the congressmen and senators, do you think they sit down and pencil out a single word of the bills you hate? The staff writes all of them. Moving on. Oh, whew, at least we dodged this bullet because you know what their next goal was? Whew, this would have been bad. Gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Who's been telling you for the longest time? The entertainment system is critically important for this country. It is a big deal that my kids can't watch Disney anymore. But it's a bigger deal that your kids are. And this is not me judging you, remember. I don't judge you because you're completely surrounded. You can't touch any part of the system without running into this garbage. Shoot, I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you. You want to know full honesty? We had to get my oldest a uh, pair of cross-country shoes. He's been running cross-country. Wife was taking the kids out when I went to work. Came home. Pair of Nikes. And I said, oh, are those Nikes? And she just didn't know. You know I said, she said, yeah, why? Should I not have done that? And I said, oh, it's my fault. I didn't tell you. We don't buy Nike in this house. And that was like yesterday. So I'm not pointing fingers at you. But these are the things we can't do anymore. A mistake I just made personally. My fault. We can't do this anymore. They did get to your movies. Every single thing your child sits down and watches on Sesame Street now. Nickelodeon. Cartoon Network. Oh, look at the dancing tranny daddy. That's not an accident. They got there on purpose. They knew entertainment was critical Critical. It is an important part of, of what builds a culture. Look, way back, look, forget America. Go back to ancient times. They had plays, they had books, they had dancers, they had, they had entertainment. They knew entertainment was critical. We screwed it up. We lost it. The Soviets knew. They knew. They knew they couldn't hang with us militarily. They knew they couldn't hang, hang with us economically. But they also knew this. And this is sad for us, but credit to them. Look, we got to give the enemy some credit. Let's give the enemy some credit. They knew we weren't going to protect freedom with the vigor we should have. They knew our Judeo-Christian values of tolerance and love could be used against us. And that's what they did. I know this is a painful list. I'm not quite done with it yet. And then we're going to go into the FBI and... Uh-oh. Hang on. I don't know how much clearer I have to be. It's not for now. I'm sorry. Chris and I were arguing during the break. It is the Jesse Kelly show. I said we were going over this FBI stuff because, again, I'm going to get to this in a moment about the FBI, uh, that whole kidnapping plot on Governor Whitmer. It looks like they were all feds. 
And Chris and I were joking about the FBI coming for us, and he was talking about coming up with a mill for weapons for our secret bunker. And what I said was, we need food. And Chris, he's such an idiot, he said, we just ate. I said, not now. We need food stockpiles. I don't want beans, though. Everyone stockpiles beans. I don't like beans, Chris. I don't know why they stockpile beans. Beans are disgusting. Anyway, let's get back to the constitu- or, or the, the communists and everything else that's happening. Don't get me distracted with our bunker preparation. If you have suggestions for the bunker preparation, though, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We can never be too prepared. I want a house with secret rooms. I want a secret escape plan. And I want a bunker. Moving on. We're going through the list. Entered into the entered into the congressional record in 1963. We were given the goals. The goals of the Communist Party. That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted for America. I mean, thank goodness these kind of things never happened. You know another one of them? This one's actually number 26 on the list. Present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. 27. Infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Discredit the Bible and and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious uh, crutch. How many people in academia and science and whatnot today, they act like you're some ignorant rube if you believe in your religion. Of course, enjoy synagogue. I'll be over here reading textbooks. Eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in the schools on the ground that it violates the principle of church and state. Any of this sound familiar? Again, this is 1963. What you're seeing, what happened here, what's happening here, It's not an accident. It's not just, ah, Democrats are crazy. They did all this on purpose. This was all done on purpose. They had a plan. They knew exactly how to deconstruct America. They put the plan into place. Oh, I'm going on. Discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, and a hindrance to cooperation between nations and a worldwide basis. Infiltrate and gain control of more unions. Infiltrate and gain control of big business. Transfer some of the powers of arrest from police to social agencies. Treat all behavioral problems as psychiatric disorders, which no one but but psychiatrists can understand or treat. Then, oh wait, they always have a plan. Their next step, dominate the psychiatric profession and use mental health laws as a means of gaining coercive control over those who oppose communist goals. You know anyone with a shrink? Maybe you've got a shrink? I'm not anti-shrink, by the way, not anti-counselor. I have people within my own life who enjoy those things and have gained things. You know what a lot of people I know, you know what they've gained from their shrink? Well, here they've, here's what they've gained. They've found out that they're perfect, the mommy and daddy are wrong, and their wife is wrong, and their husband's wrong, and their kids are wrong, and their boss is wrong. Everyone else is wrong. They're perfect. Um, if they show up for 10 more sessions... For the low, low price of $99.99 a session, they can learn how to fix everyone else in their life. So show back up for that. And, oh, here's 
here's your mental health medication. That'll make everything better. None of this is sounding familiar, is it? Moving on. Emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. Attribute prejudices, mental blocks, and retarding of children to suppressive influence of parents. I could go on and on and on. I'll tell you what. We have a blog. Chris puts up a blog every day on jessekellyshow.com. If you want to read through all these, the communist goals that were entered into the congressional record in 1963, he'll put them up. Chris, make sure we link to that on the show's Twitter account, at Jesse Kelly Show. That's real. Now, before I get to the FBI, because all this applies to the FBI, there's something you and I have to talk about. And it's going to be a hard conversation, and everyone's not going to be on board with it. In fact, if I had to guess, well, let's see. My audience is probably a little bit uh, harder than the normal audience. Chris, do you think that's fair? Probably a little more hard, I would guess, Uh, just because I'm an unfeeling monster. I'm assuming some of you are. So 50% will accept this. 50% of my audience will not. And let me be clear. When I say what I'm about to say, I don't hold any animosity towards the people who don't believe me. I know why you don't believe me, because the truth is, if you believe me, it's really, really, really hard to accept. I'm looking at an article article here from the Post Millennial, and it was actually BuzzFeed, a hardcore, hardcore left-wing publication that really broke this story. The headline is, FBI agent involved in Whitmer kidnapping plot investigation arrested for domestic incident charged with assault. Let's set him aside for just a moment. I'm looking at article after article right now that say, you remember that there was a plot to kidnap and assassinate Whitmer. They're digging into the FBI informants in the whole thing because the FBI has informants. Remember, I have a buddy of mine who says at any white supremacist rally, if there are six people there, five of them are feds, and the sixth person is mentally handicapped. But he's right. So the FBI had informants. Well, they started digging into who the FBI informants were and what was their role here. Because I mean, the plot to kidnap and assassinate a governor is kind of a big deal. And I remember when it came out, this story, this was yet another story used to make you and I look like a bunch of lunatics, right? A bunch of murderous, anti-government lunatics. They may pop off at any minute. Come take their guns away. The truth is, as they dug into it, they found out the FBI informants, they did a lot more than inform They were involved in every single step of the planning, including the inception. Are you creeped out yet? Again, this is not Jesse Kelly. This is not uh, uh, the first TV, Fox News. This isn't uh, Sean Hannity. This isn't some voice from the right. BuzzFeed broke this story. Now, back to what we were talking about. The communists had a purposeful plan. Over a century, over a half century ago, the communists had a purposeful plan to infiltrate and infect every single American cultural institution to weaponize it. To what end? Well, to weaponize it against you. 
the one who opposes communism. They knew they could never defeat us militarily or economically, but they thought their chances were, were good that their love of freedom, our love of freedom, I should say, our love of freedom would, it would keep us from doing the hard things necessary to keep these people out of our institutions. Well, we're too loving for that. We're too tolerant. We'll turn the other cheek. I mean, Jesus would want you to get run over by communists, right? And it happened. What I'm about to say is going to be hard to accept. But you're going to have to accept it or live a naive life. That's fine, too. Your cultural institutions, they're all against you now. All of them. There's not one. There's not one of your cultural institutions who looks at you and thinks you're part of the country. They all look at you and you really know? You want to know what they think about you? You really want to know? I'll tell you in a second. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Man, Rand Paul just absolutely filleted Dr. Fauci. It was so brutal. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad that I'm, I'll, I'll play it for you in about 10 minutes from now, I think. There, you know, or maybe two minutes. I don't really plan this out. I'll play it for you in about 10 minutes. It was so bad, Fauci's hands were shaking. And I don't mean a normal, a, a, like a normal shake. He was raising them up, and they were still shaking. What's, what's that my buddy used to tell me? He was shaking like a dog pooping a peach pit. He was. That's what he looked like. We're not allowed to say that on the air, Chris? We're, oh, we're fine. It's fine. Anyway, they're all against you. Every part of this culture is against you. Every single part of it now. It's a, and this is a new phenomenon. It's not like I'm doing this conspiracy theorist. They're all against you all the time. But now, especially since we lost the corporations, especially since we lost the churches, they're all against you. I, I mean... My own church, my own church, year and a half ago, a little more than a year ago, whenever St. George Floyd died, my pastor, and this is a church we loved. My wife volunteered there. I mean, loved it. My own pastor puts out a, a message that he's going to attend a What White People Need to Know conference, and I see where this is going, and I send him a message privately. Nothing. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. Privately, I say, hey, we should probably sit down. Uh, you're, you're going down a path or you don't want to go down. This is, it blows me off. Shows up at the pulpit on Sunday, starts talking about our white privilege. Walked out the door, never walked back. They even got the churches, man. So you really want to know what they think about you? What the system thinks about you? What the FBI thinks about you? Democratic Party, half the Republican Party, media, all of them? All of them, your sports stars, your big corporations, they think you're the virus. They do. And I don't expect, I don't expect 100% of you to accept that because, not because you're a bad person and not because you're a stupid person. They're, they're, I can see you shaking your head right now. That's not true. The truth is you know it's true, but the truth is also this. That's too hard to accept for most people. 
it's too hard to accept when you turn on the television tonight. When you go to the next movie, next Hollywood blockbuster, big Disney movie, and you, you, you go watch with your kids, it's hard for you to accept the people who wrote, directed, and produced that movie hate your freaking guts. And they want everything you love and care about destroyed. That's hard to accept. It's hard to accept when you go watch a little 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 football game and the quarterback and the wide receiver and up woohoo go team. It's hard to accept the athletes, the owners. They hate your freaking guts. It's hard to accept the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They think you're the enemy. They're not out there hunting down all the people you want hunted down. They're out there hunting down you. Why do you think they were never, never, never able to find out what happened in Las Vegas? But if you managed to wander into the Capitol as a 50-year-old with no priors on January 6th, you're still rotting in jail. They're handing out multi-year sentences to people who never did anything wrong in their lives. Why do you think that is? The FBI is still still scouring the country for anyone who was involved in that ooh, dangerous insurrection. Why do you think the FBI puts out messages on social media saying, hey, any family members of yours showing any extremist attitudes, make sure you report that to us. I'll go a step further. The medical community. No, not every doctor, obviously, but the medical community as a whole. The education system as a whole. You're sending little Billy off to college. $50,000 a year of your hard-earned money. You're shelling out. And Billy's going to learn that you suck. And that everything you've ever taught him sucks. And that America sucks. That doctor of yours... What do you think he thinks about you? That scientist, what do you think he thinks about you? It's too much for most people to bear. Even my audience, like I said, that's going to be a little bit of a harder audience. It's too much to bear to, to think about every part of our cultural, our cultural system and think about, wait, they, they're all against me? I don't have any, I don't have anyone left. Well, as far as leadership of the cultural pillars, no, you don't have anyone left. Now, that's not the end of the world because you still have millions and millions and millions of Americans who think just like you do, and they're just as desperate and caring as you are. So don't don't think to yourself it's over. They still have a mountain to climb. But what I'm telling you is, when you see something on the news, and I know you hate the media and don't hate, and you hate the liberal media and all that. When you see something on the news, we're at a point now, it's not biased. It's completely invented. It's an outright lie. Don't believe me? Go do an internet search for Donald Trump, Russian agent. You're seeing complete fabrications all around you. And to them, you're the enemy. That's hard. I'm a cold unfeeling jerk and that's hard for me I, I just when I was thinking about it today and I was going through this and I, you know what's crazy 
I didn't even consider that about the FBI when I heard about this arrest and assassination plot on Whitmer. I mean, Whitmer's a horrific witch, so it wasn't shocking to see somebody would have, you know, lost his mind and wanted to to, to harm her. But I don't want any harm to come to anyone. And as soon as the FBI busted him, I was like, oh, okay, good. We don't need anyone assassinated around here. Why didn't it occur to me the FBI would make the whole thing up? The FBI would plan the whole thing. It should have, but it's too hard. I, that's, that's a tough leap, right? But that's a leap you and I have to make. We have to make it together. Now, you want to feel better? Watching Ram Paul fillet Dr. Fauci like a fish is about to make you feel better. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I told you it was going to be a wild day today on my birthday. Not that I'm going to bring it up at all. And remember... I'm going to get to Dr. Fauci getting crushed by Rand Paul in a second. It's glorious. It is glorious. Remember this. If you want to email the show, you can. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Fridays. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them off for me. I read them all. Everyone. I'm not going to respond. I get way too many. I read them all. I also have a phone number you can call into. I'm not giving it to you. I'm not giving it to you. I am in possession of it. I hear these calls, radio radio shows get all the time, and it sucks. It's absolutely terrible, and I have no faith that you'll be a big enough jerk to take calls because this is what's going to happen if I give out the radio, if I give out the phone number. This is what's going to happen. You're going to call. You're going to say hi, Jesse, and I'm going to say uh, uh, hi, hi, Sarah, and you're going to say I love the show, and I'm going to say. Thank you. And by now, the listener will have driven off of a bridge because they're so miserable and bored. People are not able to cut out the small talk when they call in to radio shows because they're not able to cut out the small talk in their lives. I remember the wife used to yell at me all the time. She's just used to it now. When we first got married, the wife used to yell at me. When When we're done talking, you see my dad. I got this from my dad. When my dad's done talking to you, on the phone, as we talk once every month or so, my old man will just go, all right, I got to go. And that's it. There's no bye. There's no love you. There's no nothing. He just, all right, I got to And you can hear the phone's already getting pulled away. He's just done talking with you. So that's how I was raised. Well, the wife, the wife wants to do that. I love you. I miss you. That kind of thing before every time. Well, I would just already be hanging up while she was still talking. I'm a big fan of brevity. That's why I don't talk to any of my friends on the phone. None of them. I don't. I won't talk to you on the phone. Stop calling me. I talk for five hours a day, and you want to call and chat. I chat for a living. Send me a text message. If it can't be texted, it's not important. So, until I, can th- until I believe you're on my level with handling a phone call, meaning you pick up, I go to you, I say, uh, uh, John in New York, go. And you say, Jesse, I love what Dr. Fauci said. I hate Dr. Fauci. You're right. Communists suck. Goodbye. I'll take your answer off the air. Beep. Until you can get, until I'm confident every single one of you is in that mindset, I'm not giving out the phone number. I have it right beside me. I could get out to you right now, and I won't do it. Let's get to a couple emails before we get to Fauci. Happy birthday, sir. Oh, it's not about me on my birthday. I didn't want, what, Chris? It's not something I want to talk about on the show. Happy birthday, sir. 
I never questioned my sexuality until I looked at your face. Handsome is an understatement. I think that is a smart man right there, Chris. Dear Jay Steele Sombrero Kelly, 40 years ago today, the world was made a little brighter by your birth, and we, your faithful audience, are better because of it. Thank you for simultaneously informing and entertaining this stay-at-home mom of four while I cook, clean, and raise anti-communists. Enjoy your day, which should be a national holiday. Stay handsome, birthday boy. Lady, you keep on rocking. I love that. Raising four anti-communists. Gosh, that's awesome. All right. Let's get to Rand Paul crushing Dr. Fauci today. I love this uniquely because Dr. Fauci got away with this. I'm the smartest man in America bit for so long. And I love that someone smarter than him is just taking it to him. Those viruses are molecularly impossible no one's to result they are. No in SARS-CoV-2. Cause the pandemic. Paul, we're look. saying they are gain-of-function viruses because yeah. they were They're animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you admit the truth. And you implying, Senator Paul, your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent that. And if anybody is lying here, Senator, it is you. Oh, they weren't done. You you didn't think they were done. And the video is so good because Fauci looks rattled beyond belief. Keep going, Chris. If the point that you are making is that the the grant that was funded as a sub-award from EcoHealth to Wuhan created SARS-CoV-2, that's where you are getting let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. If it did I come can, from the lab, but you, all the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab. You, and there will be responsibility for those who funded the right. lab, including yourself. I totally this committee resent, will allow the witness to. Respond. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator. <laughs> Except he's not lying. It was all true. And I love, I love how uppity Fauci got. I resent this because let's be honest. You and I have had this talk. This hurts. This hurts because a lot of people put a lot of stock in what that guy said early on. The truth of the matter is Dr. Fauci loves coronavirus. Coronavirus is the greatest thing that ever happened to Dr. Fauci by a mile. And I mean by a mile. I, you're a talk radio person, or at least you listen to me. If you're seeking out information and entertainment like that, you are top 1%, top 5% most informed political person in America. You are. You're in the top, let's call it 5%. You know more about politics than other people, a lot more. You had no idea who Dr. Fauci was before coronavirus hit. But now it's all, it's cover of Vanity Fair. He's on the news every night. He's, he's throwing out the first pitch at the game. Dr. Fauci has loved being the bell of the ball for about the last year and a half. And when he's finally, when the bloom is finally off the rose, as they say, Dr. Fauci is not enjoying it, not one little bit. We got Carol Roth coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Going to break down a little little economics talk for us in a way that you and I can understand. I'll put it to you that way. Play this, play this Joe Biden, Tom Brady thing one more time for me, Chris. Tom Brady went to the White House today. 
The Buccaneers all went to the White House today. Brady gets up, cracks a joke, and people are mad about it. We're going to have to talk about this. Hang on. Not a lot of people, uh, you know, think that we could have won. And um, in fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I understand that. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Don't get mad about that. Don't get mad about that. The truth is this. We're allowed to have fun and joke. We're allowed to make fun of each other. We're allowed to make fun of ourselves. I didn't. People are taking that as some shot from Tom Brady against the right. I didn't take it as that at all. At least 40% of the country doesn't think he was elected. And remember, as long as the system's trying to make you feel like a nutball, remember this. There's no bigger nutball conspiracy theorist in the world than the person who says to you, left or right, who says to you, There was nothing wrong with the election in 2020. Okay, come on, bud. You don't have to agree there was some widespread thing that changed it, or you can believe there was some widespread thing that changed it. But if you're the guy who says nothing happened at all, it was all totally fine, you're the crazy person. You're the crazy person. Why won't people learn how to shut up, by the way, Chris? I had this. I bring this up because someone brought up RV sales the other day, and I was thinking about the time that my mouth got me in trouble. I know you're going to find this shocking. My mouth got me in trouble. Uh, did I ever tell you this story about the worst time I ever put my foot in my mouth ever? Oh, gosh. All right. All right. Here's what happened. And this is going to be a lesson for all of us about politics, about business, about uh, school, about everything. Remember something. Shut up. Stop talking. When you stop talking, it's very, very, very difficult to get into trouble. I have talked myself into trouble so many times in my life. Now, I've learned my lesson. If I don't have to, I don't say a daggone word. So, as you know, I used to sell RVs. Well, we had a stand-in secretary one day. I ended up saying something that was not good. Hang on, I'll tell you about it. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Inexplicably, Cream was made up of all these talented musicians and yet managed to suck. You know it's true, Chris. That is not a good band. It's not a good band. Let's get back to a couple of these emails. Remember, it's my birthday today. We're not talking about it. All right, we're not going to dwell on it. I'll simply read the emails that came in. Sitting listening to your podcast from yesterday, and as usual, I'm I'm cracking up. Hope you have a great birthday. Look, like I've said, my job, it's to make your day a little bit better. I realize we have to t- look. That first hour was tough to tackle, right? I'm going to get to the RV story in a moment. In a moment, that first hour—that's a bitter pill to swallow. No part of the system is on your side. The system thinks you're a virus. You're the virus. All right, enough of that for now. So I'll make this quick. I'm selling RVs. It's a long story. I found the job on Craigslist, as you know. It's, it's, I had to make ends meet selling RVs. We're in a double-wide trailer up in uh, the RV lot was up in the Dallas area. Double-wide trailer is where the, the, where the office is. I only say that because 
in case you've ever lived in a trailer or been in a trailer, you have to understand there's no insulation and the walls aren't thick at all. Everyone can hear everything at all times. There's no privacy in in a mobile home. There's just not. Well, they had this one retrofitted with little offices and whatnot. And I'm a salesman at the time. I'm right across the hall. If you look out my door, I'm basically looking at a split between two doors. The left side door goes into the general manager's office. He was also my friend. The right side door goes into the secretary's office or office manager, depending on what era you were born in. We get called down for a meeting first thing one morning. General manager's there, and he said, hey, fellas, we have a replacement secretary, replacement office manager coming in to train with our office manager today. Our office manager's name was Liz, okay? That was her name. He he said, the new girl who's coming in to train, she's not going to replace ours. She's training to go to another place. Her name was Sarah. All right, so Liz is training Sarah, okay? And he said, Sarah... Who's coming in to train? She does. She's new to our office. She's not only a new woman to the office. She's black. So, I mean, it's not like we're a bunch of KKK members in there. But in this day and age, he said, "Look, I'm not worried about any of you or anything like that. Just be careful. We have a new a new person here who's not familiar with vulgar salesman humor. Not familiar with who we are. I mean, it's locker room talk type stuff. It, it, and she's black, and you never know. Just just be careful. Is what he said. Well, we all kind of shrugged it off." But I, I apparently did not shrug it off. I thought to myself, well, obviously I'm going to be fine. I'm not worried about saying something wrong to her. I just wasn't worried about it. I guess I should have been worried about it. She trains virtually all day long. And to my credit, I avoided her almost all day long to make sure I didn't say anything out of line. You never know anymore. You know, we're just hands off. I'm not talking to anybody. Eventually, it's the end of the day. Remember, Sarah is the black girl who's training. She's training underneath Liz. At the end of the day, I'm standing in my office, getting ready to go home, sitting in my office, standing in the doorway, leaning against the doorway, and Sarah comes walking down the hall towards me. The general manager is sitting in his office. He's looking at me. He's like seven feet away. It's a mobile home. And Sarah starts walking down the office towards me. I don't want to be rude. I mean, what am I supposed to do? She's walking right towards me because she has to walk right by me to get into Liz's office to continue her training. And I'm standing there. What am I supposed to do? Go dive underneath my desk? So I say, hey, Sarah. She said, hey. I said, how's it going today? She said, oh, it's good. Liz is working me hard. And I said, yeah, she's a real slave driver. Uh, Instantly when I said it. I see the general manager throw his head onto the desk. I know immediately what I've done. In case you're wondering, Sarah obviously knew I didn't mean anything by it. It's an old phrase, so she just kept walking. But the general manager, once his head got off his desk, is looking at me with his hands out like, what did you do? What is wrong with you? Did you do that on purpose? And I didn't do it on purpose, and nobody believes me to this day. So there, that's the story of... Of the worst I've ever put my foot in my mouth in my life. That's not a, that's not that bad, is it, Chris? I mean, okay, all right, all right, it's bad. Dear prophetic steel sombrero jungle cat strangler. What, Chris? 
I haven't heard anything on the mainstream about Chinese nuclear threats, but we should probably be proactive and send your eight foot or six foot eight inch bean pole over to China if for not anything but a psychological deterrent slash intimidation factor. Make sure you drop that friendly fun demeanor of yours and slowly scowl at every dirty commie you see. Anyway, here's to wishing you a very happy 40th and that you have a delicious and memorable meal for your birthday. You may use my name if you so wish. His name is Gary. One, thank you, Gary. Two, I want to be a spy so bad. Don't say I couldn't be a spy either, Chris. Did you did you know I was recruited by military intelligence? Oh, I never told you that. We're in Iraq. I don't know how I've managed to not tell you all these stories. We're in Iraq. And here's how kind of the Iraq war worked. I was there in the beginning of it, like for the invasion. So I wasn't there during that ISIS surge and whatnot. I was there for the invasion where we we weren't at war yet. And we went over and we staged in Kuwait. And then President Bush declared war and we invaded the country. So I got to see the whole place, you know, from south clear up to Baghdad. And we go fight our way through Iraq and we get up to Baghdad. And when we're in Baghdad... We have to do a bunch of stuff. It was, a, it was a crazy time. Maybe I'll tell you some stories another day. When we're done in Baghdad, we move from being at war to the part America sucks at. We move to the kind of peacetime version of that where, okay, we're not really occupying, but, but we are occupying. And I mean, it's your country, but you have to do what, we to- what you're told. And it just it turned into a weird time. So we've moved down from Baghdad to a place called Najaf. I think it was Al-Najaf or An-Najaf. I may have that wrong, but I know it's called Najaf. Look, I didn't really care about the details. As you can imagine, I wasn't that great on the details. We moved down to Najaf, and we just kind of post up there. We build ourselves a little base that we improve every day. We're out doing patrols. Bunch of crazy stuff happened. I'm not going to go into all the details. But remember... I'm getting close to, uh, towards the end of my time in Iraq, I'm getting pretty close to getting out. It's about time for me to get out, like out of the Marine Corps. Well, the Marine Corps, all the services, especially when you're on a combat footing like that, they don't want to lose their NCOs. I was an an NCO. I was a non-commissioned officer. I was a corporal at the time. Because, look, it's not like I was any great Marine. I was an average Marine. But they just don't want to lose all that training, all that institutional knowledge. I mean, think about all the knowledge you carry with you after four years, 60, 70, 80 hours a week of training. You've done desert warfare, jungle warfare. You've you've trained in a million different possible ways. And now if I just get out, if I just walk away, I mean, it's wasted. It wasn't even an investment. It's just wasted. It's gone. So I get word one day that I'm to go down to the fancy headquarters. I will tell you what happened next right after we're done talking to Carol Roth about finances. Next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Carol Roth bringing the rap music today. A little old school biggie. Carol Roth joins me now, former investment banker, recovering investment banker, and author of the book, The War on Small Business. If you want to know how they use COVID to absolutely pillage you and me, go buy it. Carol, um, first and foremost, 
Now, you and I usually talk about finance stuff because you're an absolute brainchild at that, and I don't understand what I'm talking about. This FBI thing is crazy to me, though, and I, we do have to discuss it. The FBI, everyone remembers, they busted some guys who were planning to kidnap and assassinate Governor Whitmer of Michigan. It was a little blip of a story back then the media made into something big. Turns out the FBI was involved in every phase of it, including the planning. Carol, what am I supposed to make of this? Um, don't get on the wrong side of the FBI. Keep your head down. And I would say you're doing a very poor job of that, Jesse Kelly. I, uh, you, I, if I had a nickel for every time my mouth got me into trouble, Carol, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's a completely insane story, um, and it's very hard to know what to make of it, but it goes back to the lack of trust in our institutions, whether it's you know, any part of the government, whether it's the media, uh, the people who are supposed to serve and protect you, you can trust nobody. And so when we start hearing about misinformation and disinformation, all you have to do is look at all the things that continually happen, and you can point to any one of a number of things or why people should be skeptical and should be skeptical. Carol, there's no saving these government organizations, right? I mean, the three-letter agencies. I, we, look, we have the CDC talking about a moratorium on evictions. There's no saving any three-letter government agency ever. I mean, really, the entire government is rotten to its core. And you know, if I look, look at sort of uh, business as a model, there's something called economies of scale, whereas you get bigger, things get more efficient, but then you get to a point and you get diseconomies of scale. It's almost too big to succeed. And the government has gotten to that point and gone like way past that point in terms of this, this, this diseconomies of scale, in terms of being too big to, to succeed. We've basically created this Frankenstein monster, and there's no way of making the monster nice and palatable. Like, you, you basically have to trash the monster. Carol, how quickly after, because I, I, this is what I believe about coronavirus. I believe, obviously, it's real. I don't think it's some made-up thing. It's real. It's killed people. It hit our shores and people panicked. Not you so much, not me so <laughs> much, but people panicked. I understand that. People are prone to do that. How quickly after it hit our shores did the powers that be realize they could use this to make themselves richer and more powerful? Was it 15 minutes or, or did it last a day? <laughs> Uh, it, it was actually quite some time, uh, if you would believe it. I mean, it, it had been in and around, and, and no one had sort of paid attention to it. I got COVID in February of 2020 before everybody got hysterical over it, and it wasn't pleasant. Um, in fact, it was misdiagnosed at the time, and I only found out afterwards when I got an antibody test that that's what it had been. But there were people who, who had it, and it was on the shores um, before everybody lost their mind, and, and it really kind of shifted with this 15 days to slow the spread directive, which gave the roadmap to say, oh, let's you know, start targeting people for, for shutdowns and who are the people who were targeted, those who lacked political uh, power and connections and clout. And so that's where everything went off the rails. And, and, I mean, I don't know about you, but I am shocked that people went along with it um, in the way that they did in terms of the, the scope and the duration. I remember having the discussion kind of in February with my husband and saying, do you think they could lock people down for two weeks? And we're both like, yeah, probably not. And the fact that you know, here we are 16 months later 
and people are, are just starting to get open in certain areas. I mean, it's it, and by the way, they're talking about shutting them down again. So it, it's it's completely insane. Carol, I try not to do this thing where I talk down to people. I mean, even though I am taller than everyone else, it's not my <laughs> because who am I to judge anybody else to look down my nose at anyone else? But you brought up how Americans, how compliant they were. That's probably the biggest point in my life where I was disappointed. I looked around and I was shocked. And not just people on the left. I expect them to be little communist sheep. So many people on the right. To this day, they're still doing it. But so many on the right went along with it. And I just, I was dumbfounded. It made me feel alone. Yeah, it's, it was a really scary moment um, in history, both internally and externally for our, from our country, internally from the powers that be, seeing how easy it is to get people to comply via fear and via mandates. Um, and externally, you know, we're supposed to be this, this beacon of freedom in the world and the ones who kind of stand up and you know, put the middle finger out for the rest of the world to see. And it really didn't look like that. We went along with what everybody else in these dictatorial nations were doing. So that was really disappointing, and that's why I consider people like Shelley Luther, who you know opened up her hair salon, or the guys at Attila's gym, who racked up like a million dollars plus worth of fines, and said, no, you don't have the legal authority to do this. You know, we, we know how to operate safely. We believe in risk mitigation. You can't eliminate risk. Uh, and we're going to just go and, and be safe and live our lives. You know, these people are heroes and should be regarded as such. Carol, you've explained this before. I want you to explain it again for the people in the back. <laughs> Stagflation. People in general get inflation. Their dollar is worth less. That's why I've been encouraging people to do various things as far as protecting themselves. But stagflation, what is it and is it coming? Yeah, I mean, you know that I'm like one of the first people to have said this, and mm -hmm. now you're starting to hear the word pop up over mm -hmm. and over again. So this is a terrible economic situation where you have increasing prices and increasing wages, not because the economy is doing so well, but because of all of the government stimulus and the Fed printing money and all of these sort of uh, infringements on the free market, if you will. And that happens concurrent with the economy stagnating, possibly because of really bad policies that are coming out of the White House. And so it ends up the worst of all worlds. You, you don't have growth that goes along with this hot inflation. You have a stagnant economy that goes along with this inflation. And I think given this, this historic financial situation where we've had the, the Fed already uh, put its balance sheet more than uh, printing more than $8 trillion, this epic interference in the market and no signs of slowing down, that that is one of the potential likely scenarios. It does depend in part on fiscal policy and which of these idiotic uh, policies that are being pushed end up going in, into action. But we know that whatever the government puts out there, they're not going to be pro-growth policies. They're going to be things that shift around dollars instead of creating, making it easier for people to create wealth. And so, you know, that takes us down that trajectory of a slower economy, but still having to deal with all the additional spending and money printing. Carol, what are you having for dinner tonight? <laughs> 
Well, since it's your birthday, Jesse, mm-hmm. happy birthday. Thank you, I ma'am. In your honor, I'd throw on a pair of high heels and make a sandwich. What do you think about that? <laughs> that is outstanding. That is that is maybe the greatest thing that's ever been said on this radio show. All right, if Carol Roth is making a sandwich, not for her hubby, but for herself, yep. what's the homemade Carol Roth sandwich? Is it hot sandwich? Please don't tell me it's cold sandwich, Carol. It's it's a BLT, right? Because it has to have uh, bacon in it. So it's like, what else could be wrapped around bacon? I, here, let's put it this way. It's your birthday. So would you prefer the grilled cheese with bacon for me or the BLT? I prefer the grilled cheese with bacon because my okay. problem with the BLT is this, Carol. It's the tomato. Now, I'm anti-tomato. I admit my bias. But the tomato just dominates whatever it's in. I don't want a freaking tomato sandwich with a side of bacon. I want a bacon sandwich. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you can put light tomato. You don't have, you could put just like a little bit, but that's fair. It's your birthday, so we will have the grilled cheese sandwich with the lowest budge cheese, like maybe American if I can find yes, it. Yes, ma'am. You get and me. bacon. Happy birthday. Thank you. All right, where can people get your book, We're on Small Business? The one, that, the one that's from small bookstores, please. Yes, so you can go and support your local bookstore, but shop online by going to bookshop.org. Bookshop.org fulfills books from your local bookstore. So the War on Small Business, great place to pick that and other books up. Bookshop.org, people. Don't fund another trip to space, but go get the book. Carol, thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Jesse. Happy birthday. What's this trip to space thing? Hang on, you'll hear. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Yes, I'm going to get to this Eric Swalwell stuff here in just a second. I, I just, I've always had this belief about that dork Eric Swalwell. Chris, while I'm doing this, go ahead and find that. We could, we can be bold without the bull sound drop. That's one of my favorite ones of all time. And because we want to always be extra mature on this show, go ahead and pull the one of him farting on MSNBC too, because that was hilarious. But first I have to finish my story. I told Chris I should have been a spy attacking people in China. He mocked me because he says my size would prevent me from being a good spy. I was recruited by military intelligence. We get down in a Jaff. It's getting ready to be time for me to get out. I get word that I have to go down to battalion headquarters. That's one of the you know more higher up headquarters, which is kind of weird. I thought it was odd. I don't you don't you don't generally get called down there unless you're in trouble. Turns out. You have to take a store uh, a score. It was called the ASVAB back then. I don't know if it's still called that. You have to take a, a test when you join the the military. It's an aptitude test to see how how I mean to see what you're capable of mentally. Turns out I actually did. I don't know how this happened. I did really 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 well on it. I did so well on it. I qualified for any job I wanted. Well, I chose infantry because I'm a really smart person. But military intelligence went scouring through the records and found out how I did on the ASVAB. And they recruited me to extend my time in by three years and join military intelligence. Well, obviously, I pictured myself as a bit of a James Bond type, as you know. (laughs) Even though I'm sure it's nothing like that at all. Absolutely nothing like that at all. I turned them down. And I was close to agreeing to it. I wanted them to, uh, the the military, uh, they have these incredible foreign language schools. They're these intensive foreign language training where they just stuff you in a box for a month and you come out speaking Spanish, that kind of a thing. 
I wanted them to guarantee me one of those. And they did the whole, well, we can't guarantee it, but we think we'll be able to. And by now, I'm so jaded. I'm all, I'm gone. I'm gone. All right. Eric Swalwell. You know what? Eric Swalwell is a dork. I've always thought Eric Swalwell, he's that congressman from California. Remember when he said this? He ran for president for like 15 minutes. But I will always be real with you. I will be bold. Without the bull. My wife and I. (laughs) We left the pause in there just so you could hear it. I mean, that had to be such a crushing feeling. That's just who he is. Just a dork. He's just a dork. You remember when he was on MSNBC? He farted on live television. The evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. And the complaint that I've heard from... (laughs) I swear. I swear we can't... We didn't make that up. All right. And this is what I always took from Eric Swalwell. Because there's a new story out right now that uh, he spent thousands of dollars from his campaign on booze and limos. And I mean, just going all in on that frat boy life. And I've always believed this about Swalwell. Swalwell is a dork. Most most of these politicians are. Understand, I've met most of these people. And it, it honestly, it does hurt us that we send our biggest goobers to Congress because they're not people with leadership qualities. You and I get frustrated and we scream about the right and we want leadership. Why won't you stand up to them, do something These are dorks. They're the kid on the high school debate team. You're not dealing with the football captain. You're dealing with a goober. Eric Swalwell is a dork. I honestly, when he ran for president, he was so awkward and so terrible. And he's just so dumb. I always kind of felt bad for him. I know you think I'm a cold-hearted jerk. And for the most part, that's true. But whenever I saw Swalwell... I didn't honestly see, you know, a malicious, a, a malicious, horrible human being like Nancy Pelosi type. I saw just a dork, a dork who managed to get elected to Congress. And now he's trying to be important and he's trying to be cool, but he's still just a dork. Ukrainians to help this him cheat an election. And the complaint <laughs> this new this new thing that came out where he got busted with all the booze and limbo. All that does is reinforce my belief. You remember it wasn't long ago when he was caught with the female Chinese spy and it was really, really bad, right? And they promptly shipped her out of the country before we could get our hands on her, of course. Uh, Amazing our stellar FBI didn't manage to pull that off, but they shipped her right out of the country. So she escaped before we get our hands on her. Of course, the FBI looked into it and it was all good to go. We all know what happened there, right? Eric Swalwell went to Congress And for probably the first time in his dork life, some dime started batting her eyes at him. He went to Congress and he had all this access to money that he didn't have before. He had access to limousines and booze and Chinese spies, if that's what we're going to call them. Eric Swalwell, he's a walking, talking example of why the way we elect people in this country is broken.
And I don't know what the fix is. I don't know what the fix should be. I suggest wholesale voting to the voting public, meaning severe restrictions on who can vote. But the truth is, what we did with Eric Swalwell as a country, I know you didn't, I don't know I didn't, but what we did as a country is we took this lifelong goober and we just dropped him into this position where he had access to everything. And this is a man who spent his entire life without access to anything. And he couldn't handle it. Eric Swalwell, he's no different than the uh, 20-year-old NBA star who gets drafted and gets a $20 million contract and promptly wrecks his car and goes bankrupt and wrecks his life. He just wasn't able to handle it because he never had it before. That's who Eric Swalwell is. Eric Swalwell, lifelong goober. All right, we're going to go back to this FBI thing we talked about in the beginning. We're going to talk about media ratings, why they're down. I have some hefty numbers. Hang on. The first thing you do when you get up out of bed. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and no, I'm telling you, I just let the bear eat me. I would. There, there's an article just came out. Some Russian couple was claiming they spent 10 days in a tree because a bear was trying to eat them. I just jump. Can you even imagine how much she'd be complaining for 10 days? I'd last half a day, and I'd, bear, it's on. We're, you know what? We're just going to scrap this thing out. Let's get it on. <laughs> All right. Do you see these media ratings? I'm going to go down the list, and I'm just going to tell you how much these media organizations are down. And it's a lot. And it's, a, it's, a, it's big. CNN, 20%. Vox Media, 16 BuzzFeed. I, BuzzFeed's actually up. Wow. New York Times, 33%. Washington Post, 27%. NBC News, 27%. Yahoo News, CBS News, USA Today. They're all, da- they're all down. They're all down massively. I'm not going to go down the whole list. And you and I have talked about this before, but we need to talk about it again because there's a new angle to it. One, all these publications, whether it be a, a, a media publication, like a video publication like CNN, or whether it be written like Washington Post, one of the main reasons they're all failing is Trump created a media bubble. You either loved him or hated him, hated him, but you couldn't take your eyes off him. He was a media phenom. And so people flocked to the television. They flocked to the Washington Post. He held up an industry that was already dying. And in so doing, he gave them the star quarterback disease. What's the star quarterback disease? The star quarterback disease is this. You have a football team, average football team, average coaching staff. And all of a sudden, you draft Tom Brady. Soon you're winning Super Bowls. And you're looking at your Super Bowl rings, and you're looking at your fancy new fat contract, and your Bentley, and your wife's got a new pearl necklace, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm a pretty good coach. You know what? My offensive coordinator is a pretty good coach. My, my receiver, pretty good receiver. Everybody looks good now. Everybody looks artificially better than they actually are because you happen to have a star quarterback. Soon the star quarterback leaves, gets hurt, blows his knee out. You all realize, wow, I I should have spent the last couple years getting better instead of the last couple years congratulating myself on how smart I am. 
CNN is the biggest, biggest, biggest one at this, but they all made this mistake. They all looked at their ratings and their subscriptions and the money coming in during Trump's presidency, and they all looked around and said, man, we are really good at this journalism thing. Look at my television ratings. I knew we were interesting. You weren't interesting. Donald Trump is interesting. But there's another part of this. There's a more insidious part of this that you and I have to talk about when it comes to the media. I was talking with a Hollywood guy I know. No, not an actor. He's a guy who covers Hollywood. No, I wasn't talking with an actor. And we were going over the studios and what they think and what they believe and the money they make and all these other things like that. And I, I just asked him, I said, hey, look, okay, let's assume all these people in Hollywood are nutball card-carrying communists. I, I get that. Okay, right. But they can't withstand these numbers, right? Like sports can't withstand these numbers. Even the NFL was down. And NBA's in the tank. For movies, movie ratings are down. Oscars down. Emmys down. You're not watching TV. You're not watching movies like you used to. So what I told him was this. I said, so look, even if these people are America-hating communists, there's got to be a bottom, right, where they're going to get there and they can't quite literally afford to be this anymore. They have to change because they can't. the money's not there. And you know what he revealed to me? This blew me away. Maybe I was supposed to know this, but I didn't. Maybe I was supposed to know it. You know what he told me? He said, Jesse, you have to understand how many people in high society, super, super wealthy people in high society, how many of them die and leave their fortunes to a media organization or a production house. Now, that's what I said. Chris said, what? I didn't even know this was a thing. But this is a thing that exists. People will die. And I mean, you're, you're some fancy rich person. I'm sure you probably already left all your money to your kids or your grandkids. Or maybe you hate them and didn't leave them anything. What do you do with your money when you die? It's not something we love to think about. No one likes to dwell on it. But you got to do something with it, right? Whether you got 50 cents or 50 million. A lot of these people, well, I mean, mankind really in general has always been obsessed with this. They want their name to live on. So they want the New York Times to build the Jesse Kelly wing. And here's 50 million. What I'm saying is the truth is really, really bad news. The truth is a lot of these places, they don't care that they're losing money. They don't care. The checks are still rolling in. Oh, that was held in a trust. That was held in here. That was held in there. The checks are still rolling in. They don't care. So you're allowed when you're the New York Times and your subscriptions are way down, you're allowed to go on and just be the anti-Trump, full-out, anti-American, communist propaganda, have people trash you, have people unsubscribe, and they never change. It's always blown me away. They never change. Why don't they change? Because they don't have to change. Always remember, at the heart of it, the communist movement has always been the spoiled rich kid movement that sold itself as the working man's movement. It's about the working class. Lenin was a rich kid. This is about the working man. Pol Pot was a rich kid. Mao was at college when he learned about communism. You know how many people in China were going to college at that time? All these dirty communist dictators, scumbags, they're all rich kids. It's a rich kid ideology. 
Because you don't have to create anything. You can be just a world-class dirtball. That new communist writer for the New York Times that puts out yet another piece about why America sucks, she doesn't care that you're unsubscribing. Her paycheck's still going to keep coming in. That's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. Back to what I was talking about with Swalwell real quick because I want to get back to this communist stuff. Remember what I said? Swalwell... Yeah, I mean, it, there's a new report out in case you're wondering where I'm going with this. Swallow just got busted using campaign funds, which you're not allowed to do on booze and limos and, I mean, who knows what else. And, of course, he's the guy who got busted with the female Chinese spy named Fang Fang, relatively attractive Chinese spy, working very closely with Swalwell. And now there's an article out here. Swalwell had meetings with Qatari charity tied to terrorist groups. It came out. I know you probably didn't see anything about it. You don't care about Eric Swalwell. Remember, he's on the House Intelligence Committee. He took a trip. Him and four other House members visited Qatar, the Qatar Foundation headquarters, on a four-day trip. It was hosted by the U.S.-Qatar Business Council. How this works is these councils... They're able to fund congressmen on these, what they're called junkets. It's just, it's a fancy way of saying vacation. They're going to get him a four-day vacation to a corrupt place like Qatar, and he's going to go over there and get wined and dined, and he's already finding himself in trouble for things he did over there. Okay, so we now have Chinese spies, Booze, limousines, foreign trips. What I said to you about Swalwell was this. Yeah, a lot of these people are corrupt scumbags, and he probably is too. But what you're dealing with is a Washington full of these dorks. A Washington full of dorks. Eric Swalwell, at no point in that goober's life did he have access to money and booze and women. And now you elect the guy, and he has access to all of them, and he's just simply not able to handle it. He can't handle the level of – he can't handle it. It would be like handing it to a teenage boy. For the first time ever, Eric Swalwell feels like a big shot. Really, he's just a loser with access to things now that he never had before. That's all there is to it. That's all most of these guys are, gigantic dorks who all of a sudden have someone else's money to throw around and a pretty lobbyist batting her eyes at them. All right. Now, I do like to save you money, and I do like to make sure you're buying from companies that love this country and not companies that hate this country. Mike Lindell invented MyPillow, and they fit me and my wife, actually, for a MyPillow. My wife's neck pain is gone, I should mention, by the way. I have a MyPillow pillow. I have a MyPillow mattress, MyPillow sheets. I have MyPillow slippers. My wife has MyPillow. We have a lot of MyPillow stuff. The quality is incredible. Right now, there's a deal out there, and it's a steal. They have a six-piece towel set. It's normally $109.99. It's now $39.99, and it's all USA cotton. But you have to go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials and get it. But you have to use the promo code JESSE. MyPillow.com. Promo code is JESSE. Normally $109.99. Now it's $39.99. And your money goes to a company that actually loves the country. What a concept. MyPillow.com. Promo code JESSE. Go get your six-piece towel set now. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. 
You're welcome. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Look, we'll get to this Bezos thing in just a second, but one last thing on this Swalwell thing. I know this is going to come across like I'm a bad person, but I am a bad person. This is why I'm going to take my sons out with the fishing pole in our hands and I'm going to get them their first beer when they're like 15 or 16 years old. Why? Because I believe it's important to introduce a man into other parts of life so he knows how to handle it. I've seen so many people. Now, no, I'm not going to be the dad. Sure, throw a keg when you're 17 and invite all your friends over and get blasted. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. We're going to go down with the beer too and to teach him how a man drinks, how to handle his drinks, how to move on, how to cut yourself off, how to do the things in life. Why? Because I worry about people growing up like Eric Swalwell, where all of a sudden you go off to college and everything's, you can have anything you want. How many people do you know went off to college? How many? You know what? Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address. You don't have to use names. Please don't, as a matter of fact. Not that I'll repeat it. Who do you know who went off to college? Probably grew up a little repressed, grew up to college, and lost their ever-loving mind. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Speaking of emails, let's get to a couple. Oh, and before I forget... If you miss any part of the show, the whole thing is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Chris, play the Jeff Bezos clip for me real quick. Jeff Bezos went to went to outer space today. I think it was for seven minutes or something like that. Him and three other people went to outer space, and then he came back down all is well. And he came back down, and Jeff Bezos had this to say. I also I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all of this. <laughs> so seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. Oh, don't you feel better? <laughs> Gosh, that's just terrible. Back to your emails. Dear Jesse. I'm a regular listener from Massachusetts. Love your show and sense of humor. Four things. One, because of your persuasion, I finally received my license to carry and begin training. It took seven months to go through the process and physically receive the license in this terrible state. Gosh, seven stinking months. But one, good for you, lady. Good for you. I hope on hope you never, ever, 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 ever have to use it. But I'll tell you one thing. You're going to feel a lot safer when you're walking around on the sidewalk by yourself. When you have to park that car in a parking garage by yourself. And I don't pretend to know what that's like as a woman. I am uh, blessed to be not just a man, but a man of some size. I'm 6'8", 230. No, that doesn't make me Superman. But it means I'm not an inviting target. I'm not an inviting target at all. Actually, we went and parked in a parking garage one time. We had a minivan. I will not be made fun of. We had a minivan. We had a minivan. Me, the wife, two kids. We parked in a parking garage here in Houston, and she got out first. I was driving, so I'm not suicidal. She got out first, and she was getting the kids out, and 
I got out in time to see this shady-looking dude. He was approaching the back of our vehicle rapidly when he saw her, and he sees me get out and just stops in his tracks. And he start, start, tries to make up, uh, uh, do you have a cell phone you can, I, I can use? And I said, no, go away. And he turned and walked away. Women don't have that luxury. Women, because they're smaller and weaker and their wrists are so embarrassing. Oh, quit, I'm quitting. Because women are smaller and weaker, women are inviting prey for ugly, bad men. That license to carry, that can give you a lot of peace of mind. But make sure, make sure, hear me out, ladies and, and fellas. This applies to everybody. Make sure you train with it. And I'm not naive. I, I don't train as much as I should. I'm not naive. I know you're busy. I know you have a house, job, life, things you want to do, two and a half kids. I, I, I get all that. Carve out at least a little time every now and then. Get down to the range. Make sure you're comfortable shooting that weapon. Because I promise you, if the time ever comes and you have to use it, and I hope it never comes, if it comes, you're not going to be comfortable. Your adrenaline is going to be pumping and pumping and pumping. Before we went to uh, Iraq, I'll never forget this, we got a company first sergeant. He's a high-ranking guy, and he was one of these fancy types. He'd bunch, done a bunch of stuff with Delta Force and whatnot, so he knew all these combat things, and we hated him for this at first. He made us go down and stand in front of a wall, 10 feet in front of a wall, and we had our weapons in front of us. They were M16s back then, only they were empty. And we had all of our magazines all set up in our different pouches where they're supposed to be, and they were empty too. And he made us stand there in the heat in front of this wall for hours and hours and hours and hours, training to drop the magazine, just press the button that drops the magazine, pull one out of the pouch, and load it back into your weapon. Hours and hours and hours and hours. And he said, I know you hate me now. I get it. You will not hate me when you get into combat. Because you can't think. You're, even if you can think, your adrenaline's going so much, you're sweating. You can't think. You have to be able to automatically do it. All right, I'm done with that for now. On, she made four points. The second one is, my, hus- my husband was right. All men are dogs. That you find Jen Saki and Kami Harris hot just proves that. Hold on a second. Hold on. I was qualifying that. One, I said Kamala Harris is kind of hot. I did, look, for a U.S. senator in her 50s? Kind of hot. It's, she is. Everyone knows it. Chris, don't deny it. She is. That's one. Look, I mean, how do you think she caught Willie Brown's eye? What We're not, we're not going to bring up old stuff right now. That's one, two. Jen Psaki, I realize, maybe not traditionally hot. Oh, God, she's homely. That's not nice, Chris. That was a voicemail somebody left us about Jen Psaki. That's not very nice. Okay, maybe not traditionally hot, but I'll tell you what gets you. And I'm gonna, speaking of warning my sons about booze, I'm going to have to warn them about this too. Redheads. Those redheads. You think, you look, you think you like them, and soon your tires are slashed, and she runs off with your stepfather. You just got to be careful. What, Chris? All right, her third point was poor Chris. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. He's treated like gold. And their fourth is, you are wicked handsome. Oh, she's most definitely from Massachusetts. Thank you for your service to our great great country. God bless. (laughs) That's a great email. Happy birthday, Oracle. You guys remembered it's my birthday? Even after I didn't bring it up? Honestly, that's pretty cool. Anyway, he goes on. Wishing you the best on your birthday. Shameless in your promotion and groveling for 
Felicitations? Chris, I think that's a bad word. Are we allowed to say that word? Can you look that up? You know what? We're coming up against the break. He has a question about AOC. AOC, she invested $1.4 million. He has an interesting question about AOC and where she got the money. So Chris is going to make sure I didn't just say a dirty word, and we'll talk about AOC. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't worry, I'm going to get to these other headlines. I'm going to get back to these communist points here in just a second as well. But first, question from the email was, question about AOC. Last night you said AOC made a $1.4 million investment in something. It was about shirts and t-shirts and stuff like that anyway. Where did a former bartender with and a three-year member of Congress who makes $175,000 per year and maintains a New York City and D.C. residence come up with $1.4 million? Maybe the FBI could take time away from tracking down grandma and do a little digging. Here's what I've accepted. And nobody wants to hear this because it's because it sucks. I mean, some some things just suck, right? You're, look, those vegetables—they're never going to taste better. Vest- vegetables are garbage, and if you like them, you're weird. They're never going to taste better. They suck, but they're good for you, so we have to eat some of them. People with power and money get access to more power and more money, really, really, really easy. Look, it's not always corrupt. Oftentimes it is corrupt, but it's not always corrupt. It's simply an access thing. I've told this story before. Uh, Back when I was running for Congress, I would hang out with rich guys. Rich guys had the money I needed for the campaign. And so, I mean, obviously most of the higher up donors hated my guts, but there were a group of ultra, ultra conservative, really rich guys who took me in and did what they could to try to raise me enough money to win the race. You know, we came within 4,000 votes to win in the race. And so we'd hang out at uh, a, a country club. I don't want to give the name of it away. I'm always leery. I have to be aware now that it's not a one-hour show at 7 o'clock at night anymore, that this thing's huge and nationwide. So I have to be careful giving out names. But we hung out at a fancy country club where these guys were all members. Trust me, I was very much not a member of that country club. I lived like an hour away. But – they would bring me around to hang out with them. We'd go play golf. They wanted to introduce me to their other rich friends and, and you know, try to raise some money. We would sit around, and I marveled at this. I marveled at it. But it was one of my first introductions to this way of life. We would sit around. You know, we'd go play golf. It's very stereotypical rich guy. We'd go play golf, and then you know, it's 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and these guys decide, oh, I guess it's time to start smoking cigars and drinking bourbon. And you'd go, you'd show up back at the clubhouse and there'd be a bunch of other rich guys that they know who'd be there as well. Also smoking cigars and drinking bourbon. And you know what guys are like, look, we don't change when you're 18, it's Keystone light. When you're 50 years old and a millionaire, it's bourbon. Hey, Bill, come on over. Hey, bring the whole crew over. Let's go. Hey, we just ordered some fries. Just got some bourbon. Just let, Hey, you want a cigar? That kind of thing. And so any, any guy who knows is already aware of what I'm talking about, but a lot of people are not aware of this, and I certainly was not. I would sit down and, and listen. Remember, I actually, believe it or not, do not enjoy talking. When I get off work, I don't want to go to a party. I don't want to go to your neighborhood party. I don't want to go out to a bar. I don't want to go out to a club. I don't want to. I want to go home. 
when I knock off work, when I get off this radio show, do not call me on the way home. I'm not going to answer. I'm talked out. I don't like to talk. Send me a text message. I don't like to talk. If you find me in a neighborhood party, I'll be the quiet guy. Not not awkward guy, but I'll be the quiet guy just sitting there watching and listening. I just like to listen. And I would sit and just watch and listen to all these guys talk. And the way they would talk about money and business opportunities, it was just different than anything I'd ever seen. It wasn't good or bad. It was just different. The opportunities that arose for them. There would be things like, hey, I'm oh, I'm opening up a I'm opening up a five different hair salons. We have this kind of business model. Hey, Chris, do you want to get involved in the hair salons? Fifty thousand dollars now, and we're pretty much guaranteeing it'll be a hundred thousand dollars in two years. You'll get back. Are you in? And Chris would be all, yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. What, Chris? Chris is asking about the number. Yeah, by the way, 50 was not un- not uncommon at all. They would simply swap business ideas about new ventures they were doing and new this company's offering this this much in stock, but you have to be in the know to know that much in stock is available because you have to buy 10,000 shares. You know, you or I can't go on E-Trade tonight and buy one share. We have to buy 10,000 shares, so only rich people have access to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm in for 50,000. Just, uh, uh, have your secretary text mine and I'll send it over to you. And this was not a one-time thing. This was simply how they talked all the time. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Hey, what was your return on this? Ooh, that sounds good. You know what? Have your broker call me. I want to buy a little bit of that. Cause we're, we're, we're trying to build it. It was just money begets money. Power begets money. Power begets power. It, it all, it all snowballs on itself. Now, Believe me, that was not some long, drawn-out defense of AOC. I'm sure she got $1.4 million to invest in something in the absolute scummiest ways humanly possible. I would bet you money a lot of it was simply advertising herself. You can hate on AOC all you want. And yeah, I mean, she's an idiot and a communist. AOC is excellent at marketing. She's excellent at it. She's one of the hottest members of Congress. Definitely not the hottest because of Lauren Boebert. Chris, hold on. Look, this is a first-rate show. We owe the people the truth here. Who's the hottest member of Congress? No question it's Lauren Boebert, right? We're going to set that aside. AOC, is she number two? Is there one I'm not? Is she number three? Who's number two then? Ilhan Omar? Look, Chris is Jewish, so he's probably not going to go for Ilhan Omar. I promise you, buddy, she definitely wouldn't go for you. <laughs> but maybe Ilhan Omar, AOC. Look, okay, so AOC looks good. Let's just establish that. She is always understood. She's not playing to you or I. That's why whenever she says something, I mean, how many clips of AOC have I played for you on this show? She sounds like an idiot. She has no idea what she's talking about. She's not playing for us. She's playing for a much younger much left-wing audience, and these are kids who buy AOC T-shirts and AOC coffee mugs. And actually, I don't know that either of those things exist, but I bet you money they do. Somebody with access to that many followers, I bet you if you looked up her Instagram, I'm not even looking at it right now, I bet you money AOC has a million followers on Instagram. Look it up real quick, Chris. I bet you she does. When you have access to that many people, again, power begets power. Money begets money. If AOC does have, how many, Chris? Oh, it turns out I was a little shy with 1 million. 8.7 million followers on Instagram. So if AOC on her own 
wants to sell a, a AOC t-shirt. How many could she sell? A lot. A lot. So yeah, she could have raised it. It could be scummy. She could have raised it. But a lot of these people just, they get more money and more power by having access to money and power. That's just the truth of it. Jesse, my husband and I have three kids. The other day we received a check in the mail for a child tax relief payment. The following day, a letter came in the mail from Joe Biden explaining the money they had sent. It said we will be getting the check monthly. Yes, this is one of the biggest crooked things that's happening in America right now. The Biden administration trying to buy off your complaints about inflation by sending you monthly checks. It's a complete disaster. We do not need the or want the government's money. We believe in earning our own keep and providing for our family ourselves. We worry that this slippery slope is very detrimental to our society and is spiraling our country towards socialism. One, you're 100% founded in that. It is. This is a disaster. What do you advise we do with these child tax credits? Rip them up, send them back, give them to our church. The letter said it's part of our tax credit we would normally get at tax time. I don't know. By the way, happy 40th. Chris, can you believe she found out it's my birthday? What? I think that's cool. I didn't say anything about it, and she figured it out. Look. Don't rip it up. Don't send it back. One, if you rip it up, it's just gone. That's your money. Two, don't send it back to those scumbags to blow on somebody else. Give it to your church. Give it to your church. (laughs) Chris said, or buy a gun. Look, either one would probably do just as much good. But in all seriousness, give that money to your church. Lord knows we need it at this point in time. We could certainly we could certainly use more of God's help in these days because we are in trouble. Did you hear? Did you hear the White House Comms Secretary? Do you think social media platforms should be held accountable for misinformation? Here's what she said. Certainly they should be held accountable. And I think you've heard the president speak very aggressively about this. He understands this is an important piece of the ecosystem. But it's also the other thing the president has pointed out and spoke to when he was asked about this yesterday is it's it is also the responsibility of the people creating the content. And again, I would go back to, you know, there are conservative news outlets who are creating irresponsible content that's sharing misinformation about the about the virus that's getting shared on these platforms. Misinformation, irresponsible content. Any of this creeping you out yet? It should. All right, we got a couple other emails. We have headlines I get didn't get to. Some communist points next. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. <laughs> It is the Jesse Kelly Show. It's been a heavy, heavy day on the show, even though it's my birthday. We opened up talking about some of these communist points. We'll get back to that in a second. Then, of course, we ranked some of the hottest members of Congress. What, Chris? It's fine. Oh, I do have to give a shout-out. One last email here. I just found you on the radio. A few rounds of radio music chairs put you on my radio on my radar. And just in time to celebrate your 40th birthday. Sort of the most handsome voice on the radio. Happy birthday to you. Now, please, would you wish my grandson, Jackson, a happy 10th birthday? God bless you. Jackson, happy 10th birthday, my brother. I hope your day is filled with cake and toy guns and video games and swimming pools and everything else your heart desires, my man. Happy birthday, Jackson. All right. Communist goals, 1963. 1963. 
January 10th, specifically 1963, these were read into the to, to the record of Congress. Okay, just a couple resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party, capture one or both political parties of the United States, use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. Get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of the teachers' associations. Put the party line in the textbooks. Infiltrate the press. Gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. I could read them all. I read a bunch of them earlier in the show. If you missed it, the whole show's podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes, I opened the show talking about it. There also, uh, Chris put up a little blog with a link to it on jessekellyshow.com in case you missed that. Understand this, and I know it's hard, but understand this. All the people who run the system, all the people who run our cultural institutions, they're not Democrats. They're people who despise you. They all think you're the enemy. This FBI thing is a bigger deal than you think. The FBI, it looks like they invented or at least created themselves the plot to kidnap and assassinate Governor Whitmer. And then it looks like they busted the people who were, quote, involved. And then they leaked the story to the national press So the national media ran with this story that uh, American conservatives are running wild. These people are out there with murder in their eyes. And it was the FBI. Why do you think they did that? Why would the FBI do something that looks like it so benefits the Democrats and so hurts Republicans? Why would the FBI continuously do things that looks like it crushes people on the right? Isn't that so weird? I wonder why that would happen. It's time to start asking these questions. All right, now for the headlines I didn't get to. Defund the police Dems are silent after D.C. passes 100 homicides in 2021. They're not silent. They don't care. They don't care. Remember, the communist cares about communism. He doesn't actually care. See, people on the right will make this mistake all the time. They say Democrats are the real racists. No, they're not. They don't care about race at all. They don't care about white people or black people or Indians or Mexicans or Asians or anyone else. They don't care about gay people. They don't care about women. They don't care about trans people. The communist only cares about communism. They know defund the police causes instability in our country. They know it's going to kill people. They also know it's going to help bring America to its knees, though. So they don't care. That's the idea. You could show every one of these defund the police people, you could show them a graph saying they are personally responsible for killing 100,000 people this year. Not one of them would lose a minute of sleep. When has a communist ever worried about breaking some eggs to make the omelet? That's how they think. I know that's hard to accept, but that's how they think. Headline, Google admits employees listen to conversations recorded by Google Assistant even without a user's saying, hey, Google. That's not good. 
What have you said inside of your house? What have you said inside your house? You know it's on a Google server somewhere? Not that I think any of these people would ever use this kind of information against you or I, right? They'd never do that, would they? Headline, sixth Democrat comes down with COVID-19 and is isolating. These are the Texas Democrats who ran out of the state, violated the law, ran out of the state. Yeah, I don't care. I really don't. I'm sorry. I don't care. Texas Democrats' Washington trip to block voting bills will cost $1.5 million. Who's paying? Who's paying for it? Is this a taxpayer-funded trip? Headline, Sheriff's Office. Pigeon racing dispute results in shooting and stabbing with swords. That sounds kind of awesome. Wait a minute. We're stabbing with swords now? Look, I'm, I hope everyone's okay. One, I didn't know you could race pigeons. I knew about the cockfights. Remember, I've always wanted to go to a cockfight. I didn't know you could race pigeons, but I promise this, I'm going to now. I'm going to have the fastest pigeon on the planet. <laughs> All right. It's been a blast. It's my birthday. Not that I'm ever going to bring that up. So I'm going to go eat Red Lobster. You keep your chin up. We'll be back laughing again tomorrow. I promise. That's all. <laughs> <laughs>